listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're gonna, in a moment, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to tell you the story of a prostitute today, story of a whore. And uh, really, it's a supernatural story. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stir your faith up. You're going to want to stick around for that. Let me say quickly before I do tell you that story, um, there's a lot going on. And uh, our ma- the magazines are coming to us. They're coming to you. And so I want to give you one more heads up. If you haven't taken time to do this, to subscribe, to receive Miracle Word magazine, this is the winter edition that you'll be able to grab. If you're in another country, we're going to send you the digital version. Go to miracleword.com forward slash live to grab it. And then, of course, let me make mention of this. We're at one, about a week left of this fast. Get your uh, copy, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting. It's available on Amazon. It's available on our website, shop.miracleword.com. And you can get the ebook instantly at Apple Books or Amazon Kindle. Uh, those are available right now and you can have them today. I encourage you, grab it quickly. We're about to come to the last week of this fast. And of course, we should be fasting throughout the whole year. That book's going to build your faith and open your eyes to things maybe you've never seen about fasting um, in your entire life. In fact, um, and I've been studying fasting for a long time, read a lot of books on fasting, but the Lord even showed me things uh, about fasting and prayer I had never seen before um, while writing the book. So it was supernatural. Thank you, Ben, for sowing a seed. Thanks, Crystal, for saying that. Appreciate it. Um, Look at that. Rose has a a testimony. My daughter got a promotion and a raise today. I told her I've sown into this ministry and I'm fasting with this ministry for myself and my family. I know it's all God. That's what the Bible says, Rose. He's the only one uh, that can give promotion. Psalm 75 verses six and seven. Thank you, Andrew. He said the fasting book is phenomenal. We ordered it off of Amazon. Can I ask you guys to do me a favor? Everybody that's gotten the book, you've grabbed it, Would you do us a favor and leave a review on Amazon.com? It helps us to get this message out to people. Um, Somehow, uh, it helps us with their algorithm to push it to more people that are searching uh, for that topic. Because obviously, not only Google, but Amazon wants to serve up the best possible uh, results to their customers and users. And when they see a lot of reviews and people that have enjoyed a product, they're more likely to recommend it to people searching for that type of a product. So as you leave reviews, it helps us. We're gonna be choosing um, some random people out of the um, review section, sending you coffee to say thank you. And so um, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it very much. Uh, Mike Puckett said, sign up for the magazine uh, two magazines ago and still haven't received any. I promise you our magazine is not a myth, Mike. And uh, if you could just shoot us an email, We'll make sure that we put one out again directly to you. Uh, I think Jenna even has extras. We can send you the the two or three that you've missed and get all three of them to you. But just shoot us an email, uh, Jenna at MiracleWord.com, Mike, and let us verify your address. We'll get it to you. Yeah, exactly. And my, my nephew said, Amazon will promote it unless it's Art of the Deal by Donald J. Trump, and then they will bury it in the search results. <laughs> the memes for the last few days have been cracking me up. The memes have been Nathan saying the same, same saying the same thing Mike Puckett said, Nathan. Listen, if you're having any issues getting the magazine, send an email to Jenna at miracleword.com and let us confirm that we have your right address, your proper address because we will get it to you uh, ASAP. Um, I'll save any other uh, announcements we have for the end of the broadcast. I want to get into this. The Lord was showing me this today. And by the way, I agree with that. The postal service is not just a mess right now. It's been a mess. It's been a mess for years. I'm not a fan of the United States postal service. Um, (laughs) So I want to, I wanted to share this with you. I was, I was, uh, 
praying today. <laughs> Jessica's got me laughing in the comments. The mail carrier is stealing mine. She looks shady. Listen, I'll tell you how you'll know. If you start seeing your mail carrier get blessed and they start coming to your door speaking in tongues, looking like they've had harvests, <laughs> they're taking your magazine from you and reading it. Um, I was praying this morning and preparing for uh, the broadcast and speaking into you. And uh, the Lord really, this popped out to me as I was studying um, in the book of Joshua. And I came across this story once again on uh, Rahab the harlot or the prostitute, the whore. Um, And it was really amazing because uh, the Lord started giving me a thought here that, of course, you guys know that we've We've, uh, we've written and released a book called blood on the door. And we've talked a lot about God making a distinction. We've talked a lot about, uh, God making you look different than the rest of the world. We've talked a lot about, especially recently, God distinguishing you amongst everybody else on the earth, glorifying you beyond others that will not serve him, that will not, uh, adhere to the word of God. And I wanted to show you something as I was in uh, the book of Joshua. And if you're following us on the reading plan, you would be here uh, today as well if you're not behind. We got into Joshua today. But I'm going to start and I want you to turn with me in the Bible to Joshua chapter 2. This is one of the most exciting uh, redemption stories uh, that you can read in the Old Testament. I mean, it really is because it's, it's literally a type and a shadow of what was to come in the future. And it's a perfect picture of what was to come in the future uh, as Jesus would be sent from heaven to give his life for you and for me on the cross and then bring us out of bondage and set us in a place of victory. And uh, in Joshua chapter two, I'm gonna read you this, uh, this passage here and I want you to kind of see this because that's how powerful this story is. Thanks, Zach. Um, Joshua 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And, and listen to this as I'm reading it. The Bible says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies. You've got to be very careful as you read the name of that town. Saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho said to Rahab, um, sent to Rahab saying, bring out those men who've come to you, who entered your house, for they've come to search out all the land. And the Bible says in verse four, but the woman had taken the two men and she had hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I don't know where the men went. Pursue them quickly and you'll overtake them. Verse six, but she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you for the Lord your God. He is God in the heavens above the uh, above and on the earth beneath. Now, Swear to me by the Lord that as I've dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. Give me a sure sign. Look at this. Give me a sure sign that you'll save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them. 
and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. Catch that title. I want you to write it in the comments. Our life for yours. Our life for yours, even to death. It was a trade. Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we'll deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there for three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. And the men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of ours that you have made with us, uh, made us swear. Behold, now listen to verse 18. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house, father and mother, and your brothers, and all your father's household. Now listen, then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head and will will be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who's within your house, the blood will be on our head. Now I want you to see this before we go further. This right here is so powerful. I'm sure you can already see the parallels uh, from what we're reading here to the first Passover in Exodus. And that's why we wrote the book, Blood on the Door. Notice what was happening. The death angel was coming through the land of Egypt. What was the instruction of the Lord? Gather everybody into your homes and then put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your homes. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and go to the next house. You see that? Exemption. Put that in the comments section. Exemption. Exemption from wrath. Exemption from calamity. Exemption from problems. That's a big word and an important word. Put it in the comments. Exemption. Exemption. And then look at this story. Covenant is made between God's people and this prostitute, this whore. What, and what is it? What is it that they said? If you'll keep your, your promise, if you'll keep our covenant we're making, then when this whole city is destroyed, you'll be spared. And he said this, they said, take a scarlet cord. Hallelujah. You can see it again. You can see it again. They had the scarlet blood of the lamb over their house in in Exodus. She's got a scarlet cord running out of her window as a sign on her house. This is a house that made covenant with you. Glory to God. This is a house that made covenant with you. The scarlet cord was the sign. Just like the blood was the sign in Exodus, the scarlet cord was the sign in Joshua. And it's interesting to me because he said the same thing to her that they understood in Exodus. Gather all of your family into the house. See, the house that was covered by the scarlet cord would be the house that had distinction and exemption. It's like when you're growing up, did you ever play tag with any of your friends? Throw a hand up in the comments if you've ever played tag or freeze tag or any of that. And when you're a kid, I even do this with my kids, you know, they'll have me chase. And what, what kids do, they always do this, is that as they're about to get uh, caught or touched or tagged, you know what they do? They'll touch anything close to them and say, this chair's base. You know, this table's base, this wall is base. And see, if you're on base in the game of tag, you know how it works. If you're on base, then you can't be tagged out. You know, if you, as long as you're touching base, base, you know, people scream it out. As, as soon as you touch base, you can't be tagged out. 
You can't be frozen, whatever it might be. Can't touch me while I'm touching base. It's an exemption. This right here protects me from the tag, protects me from the freeze, whatever it might be. It's the same concept. It's the same concept is that when you get into the covenant house, there's an exemption. It's base, if you will. It was base in Exodus. The death angel couldn't tag them because they were on base. They were in the house with the blood on the door. Same with Rahab and her family. He said, that's why you need to gather your father and mother and brothers and your family into the house, into the house. And then when we come, you won't get touched. You're not going to get tagged. You're on base inside the covenant. You see that notice what it was for Noah. Very interesting. God told him to build an ark. The ark was base. The ark was a picture of covenant with Noah. And then what did God say? Gather your family, gather your family and get them into the ark. Get your family into the ark. And then God shut the door and he closed. Now catch this. This is so powerful because God closed the door. You know, when we hear the term closed doors, whatever it might be, you know, oh, that's a closed door. You know, that's just been a closed door. We always view that for some reason as a negative thing. Morning, Brother Rodney. We, we look at that as a negative thing. Oh, yeah, this is just a, I had a closed door. But understand something. If Jesus is the one who holds the key of David, as we've been talking about, book of Revelation says it, the one who holds the key of David, who opens and no man can shut. So the key of David opens doors that nobody can close. But then he also says, who shuts and no one can open. So if Jesus is the one shutting the door, if God's the one shutting the door, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And I'll tell you, there are people even watching this broadcast today, they need, you need closed doors in your life because the enemy will try to access you via doors that have been left open. And God has a way to shut the door to every enemy, to shut the door to every calamity to shut the door on sickness, shut the door on depression, shut the door on poverty, shut the door on divorce and bankruptcy. He knows how to shut the door on wickedness. And when God shut the door on Noah in the ark, that wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing because destruction was coming to the earth. And when destruction began, the Bible says the rains started, and the waters gushed out of the grounds for the purpose of destroying all wickedness. Not just the humans, even the animals, even the animals. And the Bible says that that water was judgment. So when God shut the door, notice he wasn't doing something that was bad for Noah and his family. It was extremely good for Noah and his family when God shut the door because he closed them in to their covenant. Hallelujah. He closed them in to their covenant. I want every person watching to put it in the comments right now. God closed me in to my covenant. Put it in the comments. God closed me in to my covenant. God closed me in to my covenant. He shut the door. That's right, Janet. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep out the devil. God closed me in to my covenant. And that's a powerful thing. That's a wonderful thing that God did that. That means the devil doesn't have access. Doesn't have access. God closed me in to my covenant. So... They said the same thing to Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, the whore. When this destruction starts coming to your city, and it is coming, I want you to get into your house, bring your family into your house, and let that scarlet cord 
hang from your window as a sign that you've made this covenant with us and we have you marked, glory to God, we have you marked as a person of covenant with the people of God. You know what she did? She was loyal to God's people, God's covenant, God's agenda over the enemies of God. Now, even though she was part of that city, even though she was part of Jericho, she lived there. She should have been part of the destruction, but she attached herself in agreement to God's plan, God's agenda, God's people, God's covenant. She attached herself. And by attaching herself to God's covenant, she brought in safety to herself and her family. Hallelujah. Safety for herself and her family through staying in that place where the covenant was marked. That word marked is important. You are marked. Hallelujah. You are marked by your covenant. You are marked by the anointing. You're marked by God's power. Every person in the body of Christ, you are marked by God. Did you know that we always talk about, and I don't have time to get into all this today, but did you know we always talk about the mark of the beast on the forehead or on the right hand? There's a lot of talk. There's been movies put out about the mark of the beast. But did you know, did you know that the Bible says that those who are gods, the Bible teaches that he will put his mark upon their forehead. Did you know that? The Bible says God will put his mark upon your forehead. He will identify you as his. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He'll put his mark. I am marked by God. Glory to God. I am marked by God. I am marked by God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are marked by God. And so was Rahab and her family. And so he said, when we come back, get your whole family into the house, hang that scarlet uh, cord or thread out of the window and let your house be marked. Notice, if you'll notice this, she didn't wait. (laughs) She did not wait. She wasn't going to wait till they came back. Look at this. The Bible says, uh, I'm going to drop down to verse 21. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed. And look, as soon as they did, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. She didn't wait until, (laughs) until Israel got back to Jericho to fight the battle. She didn't wait until the the war started. She said, they're gone. I'm marking the house right now. She immediately marked the house. They left, boom, scarlet cords on the window. I'm sure people wondered, what's that? What's that cord hanging out of your window? What's that scarlet cord hanging out of your house? Because it was a mark. It was a mark on the massive walls of Jericho that looked impassable, looked impossible. Now, Go with me three chapters later to Joshua chapter six, and we're going to see the completion of this story. And uh, as you know, the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho, the people of Israel come to the city of Jericho, got these massive walls, got these massive impassable boundaries that they don't look like in the natural, they'll be able to defeat the city and, and take what God said was theirs. But watch, watch this now. This is the end of it. Uh, Joshua 6 and verse 20. This is awesome. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they captured the city. Verse 21. Then... They devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, 
and donkeys with the edge of the sword. Verse 22, but to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. Verse 23, so the young man who had, men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her and they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they, now look at this. And then, this, this is a huge picture. Can you see it? And then they burned the city with fire and everything in it. Only the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Verse 25, but Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Listen, if that's not a picture of the rapture, I don't know what is. Just like Lot being taken out of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah by the angels, rushed them out of the cities before what? Fire fell. Before fire fell. Notice, destruction could not take the city over until those who were in covenant were taken out. And look what happened. Let me ask you the question. Did Rahab and her whole family get rushed out of the city after it was burned with fire? No, the fire hadn't even begun yet. The burning had not even started. And the Bible says the people of God, the two men. Notice in the book of Genesis with Sodom and Gomorrah, it was two angels. Notice here, it was two men. They go in, grab all the family, everybody who was in the covenant, grabbed them and rushed them out, rushed them out of the city and took them far away, far away from where destruction was going to be. And then they burned the city with fire. Hallelujah. If this isn't a picture of the rapture in the Old Testament, I don't know what is. It's just another picture of what's getting ready to happen to God's people. We will be rushed out of this earth before the burning begins. Hallelujah. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And I'm not teaching on this today, but it's worth mentioning because so many people, you get talking to them about end times. Some people, number one, don't believe in a rapture. Some people believe that we'll not be taken out until the end of the destruction. Those are post-tribulation rapture theory people. Then you've got people that think we'll be here for the first half of the destruction, mid-tribulation rapture theory. But I don't hold to, to those three things, that there's no rapture or that it's not till the end of destruction or it's in the middle of destruction. The reason I don't hold to those things is because none of the types and shadows of the Old Testament point to a mid or a post-tribulation rapture. If you look at what happened to Lot and his family, they were rushed out of the city before any fire fell. If you look at Noah and his family, they were safely out of the way of destruction and onto the ark before any of the judgment fell. As I mentioned a moment ago, every drop of rain, and it had never rained before, so it was supernatural, every drop of rain and every bit of water that gushed up out of the ground was destruction. It was destruction. And so as a result, did any of the rain touch Noah? No. Did any of the water coming up out of the ground touch Noah? No. They got onto the ark, and as soon as they were onto the ark, the Bible says, then the rains began. Then the rains began. And so we're not meant for destruction. Then you look at this. Very interesting because the same thing happened with Rahab and his whole or her whole family before any destruction began. 
rushed out of the city. Every picture you see, every picture you see in the Old Testament is people taken out before it begins. And we're going to pop up in the comments for you right now. If you want to watch all the teaching on the the rapture views and what, what the Bible says and what people believe about the rapture, I did a whole broadcast about this and you have all five rapture views covered. And here's the link coming to you right now. If you want to jump in on that and later watch, um, you know, all of the different views that you could get on the rapture, there's five main views and there's the link for you uh, on all platforms. If you want to click on it, thanks for popping that up. Uh, Cause we're not teaching on it today, but you may have interest in that. There it is. But understand everything points in the old Testament, everything points to a pre-tribulation rapture. And Rahab and her family were rushed out of the city before the burning began. Before the burning began. It's going to be the same for you and me. We're not called to be burned. We're not called to be burned. In fact, if you even look at the parable that Jesus told, the parable that Jesus told, he said, look, that there have been tares or uh, there have been weeds that have grown up with the wheat. Jesus told this parable. There have been weeds, an enemy planted weeds in your field and the weeds have grown up. He said, don't burn them. He said, if you burn them now, then the wheat will also be burned along with the weeds you're trying to burn. He said, wait until the harvest time. Hallelujah. Wait until the harvest time and we'll pluck them both up and notice what happens that at the harvest time, the separation has to happen. Glory to God. The separation, the wheat is harvested and put into the barn. That's heaven. And then the weeds are ripped up and thrown into a pile and burned by themselves. Not with us, by themselves. And they couldn't be burned until the separation took place. The city could not be burned until the separation took place. The earth could not be destroyed by the flood until the separation took place. Sodom and Gomorrah could not be destroyed until the separation took place. It's a picture of how God deals righteously with his covenant people and everybody else. That's the power of covenant. It gives you divine exemption from wrath. Paul said, we've not been destined for wrath. It's not who we are. Jesus took our wrath for us. Hallelujah. He took our wrath for us, for us. If you're happy about that, put it in the comments. Jesus took my wrath. Jesus took my wrath because he did. You don't have to take it. You don't have to take it. Do you realize how unjust and unholy God would be? If he forced his only begotten son to experience your wrath, to experience your death, to experience your punishment and take it upon his body and then made you take it anyway, that would be so unjust and so unholy that it's completely out of the character of our God. He's not unjust. He's not unholy. He's not unrighteous. Jesus took, he took your wrath, took your punishment, took your death. And because God allowed it to be put upon him, it will not be put upon you. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't redeem you to burn you. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Jesus didn't redeem you to burn you. Glory to the most high God. Jesus did not redeem you to burn you. No, or to punish you or to hurt you or to destroy you. You've got divine exemption through the blood of Jesus. You ought to thank him that you're the elect of God. You're the elect of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. Woo. That's exciting. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You ought to thank him that his blood 
has cleansed you, didn't cover your sins, cleansed you of your sins. They're gone. They are gone. You are righteous. Hallelujah. You are righteous. And notice this, rush them out, rush them out, put them far away from the city, and then they burned the city. Now, that's not the end of what I want to talk to you about this prostitute. If you go back and read Leviticus, understand the law of Moses. If you understand the law of Moses, not just prostitutes, anybody that was caught in the act of adultery was to be killed. It was a death sentence. I love you, Jay. It was a death sentence. Not just for the woman, for the man also. That's why it was such a big deal when that woman was brought to Jesus, caught in the very act of adultery in the New Testament, and the Bible says they were ready to stone her. Well, that's why. Not because they were mean. It's because it was what God commanded to happen in the law of Moses. They were just following the law of Moses. And Jesus was presenting to them a better way which is the way of forgiveness, forgiveness. And so uh, that's why that took place is that was what Leviticus taught. Leviticus 20.10, exactly, uh, Nick. It's Leviticus 20.10. And so, Jessica, if you want to know about that, uh, go to miracleword.com forward slash study. Miracleword.com forward slash study. Gives you all the study tools you need. But that's what Leviticus said to do. It was a death sentence. Now that was just even for one time. That was for one time, caught one time. Here's a prostitute. Here's a a, a woman who's initiating over and over and over this kind of behavior. You'd never be able to look at that kind of a person and think redemption. And look at that time, that kind of a person and think covenant. In fact, I want you to think about this. Think about this. Even if it wasn't uh, adultery, there were laws about fornication where they were exiled. So even if it wasn't death, it was exile. It was exile. And so there was uh, not only a decisive act taken, you would never look at that person and think covenant. You'd never look at that person and think, uh, you know, part of God's plan. This is why this is such an amazing story pointing towards the New Testament because here's a woman that in the eyes of even the two spies that came into her house, if this was a woman that Israel was dealing with, she was dead already. She was dead already. Here's a woman that could not have been viewed as righteous or holy, not a part of the covenant, dead already, but because of the covenant, hallelujah, Because of the covenant, she was brought in to the family of God. You say, hold up. She was brought into the family of God. What are you talking about that? Yeah, she was literally brought into the family of God. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 1. This woman, because of her act of covenant, was literally brought in to the family of God, to the family of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show it to you. Matthew chapter 1. This is huge. Matthew 1, starting with verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah and by Tamar and Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram, the father of Aminadab and Aminadab, the father of nation and nation. Listen to this. The father of Salmon. Now look at verse five and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. 
Hallelujah. And I believe if you go down through the whole lineage to Jesus, there are uh, really only, what, three women mentioned in the whole lineage of Jesus, Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth. I believe those are the only three women mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Oh, of course, Mary at the end. But look at this. Here's a prostitute who has, number one, no business even being alive, according to the law of Moses. Here's a woman that should have been executed according to the law, but because of covenant, this is supernatural, was thrust in to the family of Jesus. Verse five again, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed, the father of Jesse and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Now stop there. (laughs) I mean, this is like supernatural. Do you realize who Boaz was? Boaz, the kinsman redeemer in the book of Ruth. Boaz, who left handfuls on purpose for Ruth. The kinsman redeemer for Ruth. Glory to God. That redeemer, Boaz, think about this for a minute. That redeemer came from the womb of a prostitute. That redeemer came from the womb of a prostitute, Ruth. I love this. Boaz was Obed's father. Obed was Jesse's father. Jesse was David's father. So King David, that was his great grandmother, Ruth. Now go, go on further, not just Boaz, the kin, the kinsman redeemer, the actual redeemer, Jesus Christ, that woman shared the honor of being in his lineage. She came out of potential destruction because Jericho was coming down no matter what it was coming down. But because she made a decision to get into covenant, glory to God, and to align herself with God's purpose and plan, she went from destruction to salvation, from salvation into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now here's a picture, if there ever was one, of every person on the earth who was born, the Bible says, in trespasses and in sins. Born in trespasses and in sins. Who were destined for destruction. For the Bible says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every one of us were destined for destruction. Every one of us destined to be burned. And then the covenant came. Glory to God. And then the covenant came. Every one of us was destined for hell. And then the covenant came. Do you know what happened? Think about this. When the covenant came, we went from being in a place where we were destined for destruction and wrath and burning. And just like Rahab brought in to the family and lineage of Jesus. That is so supernatural, it ought to make you shout wherever you're watching this. You you went from being destined for destruction to being brought into the family of God and the lineage of Jesus. And now, Jesus is your brother, God is your father, and as my father says, the devil is no relation at all. Hallelujah. Faith said, I shouted. You ought to shout. This is one of the most powerful. It's the most powerful message. It's the purpose of the Bible. It's God's ultimate redemptive plan for man. 
Hallelujah. We are brought in. The Bible says, Paul wrote it this way, by the spirit of adoption. Unless you're watching this, I mean, you, I mean, you, you, look, you think about it. There wasn't even a way for us to be a part of the family of God. There wasn't even a way until the blood of Jesus came. And the blood of Jesus and Christ who said, I am the door. We walked through the door of Jesus and came into the family of God. The, the thing is, every person on the earth that has accepted Jesus Christ can identify with this prostitute. Every person on the earth can identify with Rahab because all of us have the same exact story. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity, destined for wrath, and then the covenant came. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to write that in the comments. And then the covenant came, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and then the covenant came. Yeah, because that changed everything, didn't it? Changed you from being destined under wrath, changed you from being on your way to hell, being an enemy of God to a child of God. And then the covenant came. And then the covenant came. It's amazing. It's amazing. I went from being an enemy of God to a child of God. Whoo! My Lord. I went from being an enemy of God to a child of God. Supernatural. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And now you are exempted from divine wrath. Completely exempt from divine wrath. It's not your story anymore. It is not your story anymore. You are now a child of God and on your way to heaven. And until you get there, never ending increase until we go. Never ending increase until we go. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Brighter and brighter. That's going to be your story. 2021, that's our story. Brighter and brighter. It's what happened to Rahab. Looked dark. She was in a low place. Even in society, she was in a low place. Then God exalted her and gave her honor. Not only saved her and spared her, gave her honor. One of the things that happens when the covenant comes is that honor comes into your life. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you that for a moment. Honor comes into your life. That's a powerful thought. Your honor is restored. Your honor is restored. Look at this. Revelation chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. This is what happens when the covenant comes. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. Now catch this, receive what? Power and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, there it is, and glory, and blessing. He did not receive these things for himself. He already had them. He received them for you. He didn't need power. Jesus had power. He raised the dead already before he died. He opened the eyes of the blind. He cast out demons. He didn't need power. He had power. You know who needed it? We did. And he died to purchase power for us, honor for us, glory for us, 
wealth and wisdom, might for us. And that's what came when the covenant came. I call these the seven redemptive benefits, seven redemptive benefits. That's what came when the covenant came. Glory to God. That's what came when the covenant came. And that's why we created for your children, even the confession uh, that we, we do for miracle word kids, because we want these seven things to be in their spirit as they grow up. And that's why we developed it. We put it into poster form that you can order from the store and hang up in your kid's room so they look at it every day. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets. They may run that read it. We have it. Do you know we say it every single night before bed? Every night. Every night. We never miss. We'll get in bed, we'll say our prayers. After we say our prayers, you know what we do? I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I'm mighty. I have honor. I have glory. I have blessing. <laughs> and then the kids got all excited and started adding their own. So now our list of confessions even longer because now we say, I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I'm mighty. I have honor. I have glory. I have blessing. I'm healthy. I'm thankful. I'm bold. I'm a leader. I'm pure. I'm holy. I'm generous. Every single night before bed. And my kids, they'll never forget. If, if, you know, even at the beginning, we first started doing it, they'd say, wait, we haven't done our confession. We haven't done our confession. Wait, let me lead the confession. I want to lead the confession. Can I lead the confession tonight? They know it by heart. Teddy knows it and he's four. He's four. It's in his little spirit at four years old to hear your little four-year-old son. I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. You know, when you're, when you're little, I guess THs become Fs <laughs> somehow. THs are Fs. So he'll say, I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. <laughs> I'm wise. I'm mighty. I have honor. I have glory. I have blessing. I'm healthy. I'm healthy <laughs> with an F. And he knows it. It's in his little spirit at four years old. My daughters know it. They lead it. Look, Eric said my daughter's two and she knows it and leads it herself. Kayla, my two-year-old twins know it. Look at that. You can get it in their spirit at an early age. And then it becomes life to them. You confess life over yourself. And then, you know, it's not, it's, it, it, you, you don't ever have them growing up saying, well, you know, we ne our family never really had anything. You know, our, our families never really had much. You know, we, we, we kind of go paycheck to paycheck. They won't declare that because you know what'll happen? It'll leap up in their spirit as soon as they hear those things that contradict what they say every night. No, 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 I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. That can't be the story for our family, I'm wealthy. You know, if somebody ever tries to tell them they're stupid, they're dumb, they don't know anything, you're slow. You don't get it. You're always, you always ever. No, 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 no. I'm wise. I'm wise. I'm not stupid. Couldn't be. I declare it every night. I'm wise. I'm wise. I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. I don't see. And the kids get it and the kids start to say it and the kids confess it. It's in their spirit. And we're raising them up and training them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. They won't depart. Hey, pastor Sharon, they're not going to depart from it. Your kids will be blessed because of it. And that's what we declare. Those kids will say, I'm not dumb. I'm not, I'm not a fool. I'm not slow. I'm not, it's not hard for me to get it. I'm wise. I'm wise. Powerful. I'm blessed. We put it in their spirit and you talk. Even if you don't look that way yet, you confess it until you hold it. As my grandfather used to say, fake it till you make it. <laughs> fake it till you make it. And that's the story. And I'm going to pray for every one of you today because as we're reading in this story about Rahab, the prostitute, she went from being in a place of sure destruction to a place of salvation, to a place of honor and distinction and exemption.
That's going to be your story as well. 2021, I don't care what burns down, it will not be you and you'll not be a part of it in Jesus' name. You will not be a part of it in Jesus' name. I don't care what burns down. Thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but these things will not touch you in Jesus' mighty name. So let me pray the prayer of faith for you that are watching. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for your people today. Touch them supernaturally. I thank you, Lord, that your plans for us are good plans, that you have a plan to prosper us, to take care of us, to watch over us, to bless us, to increase us. And 2021 is going to be a year, Lord, that you promised us we would run with new momentum. And so today we declare it. No matter what destruction happens around us, it will never touch us. Our story is never ending increase in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I take authority today over any enemy that would try to come against your covenant increase, your covenant healing, your covenant peace, your covenant joy, your covenant blessing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you, blow your breath from heaven and as smoke is driven away by the wind, blow and drive every wicked thing away from our homes in 2021. As wax is melted in the fire, Psalm 68, let every plan and attack of the enemy melt before us in the fire of God in 2021. Let God arise and his enemies be quickly scattered in Jesus' name, quickly scattered by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, for it. We thank you for quick victory. Thank you that before January comes to an end, we'll have new testimonies. We'll hold our prayer answered prayers in our hands. Testimonies that we serve the living God who's able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We expect it, Lord. We will never let our confession drift off of what the word of God says. Let God be true and every man a liar. For have you not spoken it, and will you not bring it to pass? Your word is good. We believe you. We give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, if you receive it, throw some hands up in the comment section, some fire in the comment section. Let me know you're standing with me and believe in God. Amen for miracles. Hallelujah. Things are moving quickly in 2021. It's going to be your story too. As you saw last night, Miracle Word TV is launched. Not only are we feeding children all over the world, not only that, but now preaching to people all over the world. The programs are going out uh, to the Philippines, to Pakistan, to the Caribbean, to Africa, to the UK. It's going all around the world. We're going to touch and see people touched and changed by the power of God. We want to give you an opportunity to join with us to touch the world, to sow a seed by faith. And understand something, your seed is sending the gospel out. That's what partnership does. I love this. The Bible teaches us and tells us that God anoints people to stand up and support what Jesus is doing. Amen. God raises people up and anoints them to stand with what Jesus is doing. Now, The thing is, God will call you and then you got to answer. You have to be the one that answers by faith. Uh, Luke chapter eight, verses one through three, listen to this. The Bible says, as Jesus were going around with his disciples and preaching the gospel, the kingdom of God, the Bible says that there were people joined to Jesus. Mary Magdalene, of whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Look at that. God anointed and raised up people who had means to support the work of the gospel. God's anointing you. God's anointing me. And we're going to be those that are generous. We're going to be those who have harvests coming back. And so right now we're going to pray and the Lord's going to speak to you about what it is he's calling you to sow into the kingdom of God. 
And so bow your head. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to every one of us today about a seed. What would you have us to sow into your kingdom today that would bring the harvest we're believing you for? We thank you, Lord, for attaching Victory Tribe members to this ministry. We thank you that people are standing with us to see the gospel preached around the world, to see people fed by the power of your spirit, and to see people come into the kingdom quickly before Jesus comes. We thank you that our harvest is quickly coming back as we sow. Multiply it, Lord. Let us see increase this year. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Now, whatever the Lord's telling you to do, obey his voice. There on the screen, you can see the ways you can sow your seed. You can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed there today. PayPal's available, Cash App, Venmo. Hashtag donate if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope. You can sow your seed that way. If you'd like to mail a check and somehow throw caution to the wind and trust the United States Postal Service to get it to us, our address is at the footer of every page on the website. And you can sow by uh, mailing a check. Uh, If you'd like to um, do a wire transfer, sometimes people prefer that, you can contact Jenna at miracleword.com and we will give you the details uh, to do that as well. But we say thank you. For every person that's standing with us in January, we want to bless you with this powerful book by uh, Sister Gloria Copeland entitled God's Will is Prosperity. God's Will is Prosperity. You see that? Uh, It is the book. I've been telling people this because it's so powerful. It's the book that broke Bishop David Oyedepo into a place of prosperity so that he understood the revelation. He can never be poor. That's what he shouted after he read the book. I can never be poor. And um, it's a supernatural book. It really will help you. And then, of course, those that are sowing largely, we're going to add on top of that the Life Application Study Bible. As somebody was asking today about what study tools that we use, what are they? This is one of my new favorites, along with the Dake Study Bible. I love the Life Application Study Bible. We got you a really nice one. We sent out multiple ones this morning to those that are sewing. Uh, but Genuine Leather, uh, New Living Translation, and it's a beautiful Bible with tons of study resources packed in. I mean, you could spend years in that thing and still never come out of the commentaries and timelines, maps, and the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's just, it's a phenomenal resource, and I have it now on all devices as well as a hard copy. It's our gift to you. Those that are sewing largely this month, we say thank you. Um, So much going on. I don't even know what I have said and haven't said, but uh, have I missed anything, Tiff? Yes, that's right. Thank you. Um, This coming Friday night, uh, we're going to be having a miracle prayer and communion service. My friend Joel in the UK, I love you, buddy. We're praying for the UK right now, and you should be able to see our program very soon, Joel, on Faith UK, on Sky. Love you, man. Thanks for sowing a seed. Um, and so uh, Friday, not, not tonight, a week from tonight, Friday the 22nd of January, we're having our miracle prayer and communion service as we get ready to break the fast. We want you to send your prayer request. On the screen, you can see how to send them. Uh, miracleword.com forward slash prayer to send us those prayer requests. I want to print them out. I want to lay my hands on them and I want to be able to pray over every one of you by name. And then we're going to take communion together and ask God as we finish and complete this fast by faith, we want to make sure that we are praying for you by name. Those that have been fasting with us, those that have been praying with us, it's going to be a supernatural year. This is just the beginning. We have a week left, and so don't forget to get those prayer requests in before it's too late. One more thing I want to say, starting next week on Monday, uh, Carolyn is going to be speaking on faith uh, today with uh, Miss Kelly Gilman, Pastor Jenny Raybert, Pastor Rhonda Spencer, Pastor Nicole Crank. Uh, It's going to be available in throughout all of Africa, all the UK, the U.S., all their digital platforms and social media starts at 11 a.m. New York City time, finishes at 1 p.m. New York City time, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's the 18th through the 20th of January. Do not miss it. It's going to be powerful. You're going to be uh, you're going to, you're going to want to be logged on for that one. Uh, it's going to be awesome, and so don't miss it. Coming up next week, 
Thanks, Joel. I appreciate that, man. Love you so much. Can't wait to get over and see you guys. Appreciate all the work you're doing for the Lord. We're praying for the UK right now that uh, the, po the power of God touches the entire uh, nation. And of course, uh, we're even praying for Wales, if you can believe it. We've even lifted up prayers for Wales. <laughs> I'm just messing around. We love you guys so much. Listen, thanks for hanging with us today. I'm going to be back tonight again, 9 p.m. It's the final night broadcast this week. We'll start up again Monday night of next week. Uh, we're going to be back tonight at 9 and tomorrow morning, our last special Saturday broadcast during the fast. Uh, join us tomorrow morning again at 10.30 a.m. So tonight at 9, tomorrow morning at 10.30. I love you guys. Have a phenomenal and blessed day. I'll see you tonight, 9 p.m. New York City time. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.